I'm Stacey Hutchings, your Vice President External and Student Affairs here at AUSU. And I'm Natasha Donahue. I'm your president at AUSU. And uh, welcome to today's podcast. Um, you're listening to Open Mic with AUSU. And uh, we just thought we'd jump on here and talk about something really big that's happening in the province of Alberta right now, which is the Alberta 2030 report the government is drafting. And um, it's something that I, even if you are an AU student and you don't live in the province of Alberta, um, it's still going to impact you. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about what this report is, Natasha, or... Um, I mean, I, th I guess from my perspective, when I think of the Alberta 2030 report, I'm thinking of how uh, the, uh, the government of Alberta is going to reframe post-secondary education in our province. And um, they've been talking a lot about creating a more efficient or better system or any number of uh, different adjectives that you want to use to describe it, but uh, I think that they all involve drastically overhauling the current system we have, which is the six-sector model. So currently in Alberta, we have a six-sector model, uh, which splits all of the post-secondary institutions into different like buckets. Um, so AU is in the Comprehensive Academic Research University uh, category, along with the U of A, the University of Alberta, and the University of Calgary. And then there's also um, non-research universities uh, like Grant McEwen, for example. Um, there's colleges, polytechnics, and trade schools. Um, and then there's also private universities. And so there's, there's different sectors for each type of institution as defined by the government. And um, I'm not sure if this is going to be touched by the Alberta 2030 project, but I have a feeling that it probably will be definitely kind of the structural aspect of what post-secondary um, education will look like is, is at, it could change. We, we don't honestly know. Um, we've had some engagement um, with the process and so we have hints of what maybe is going to come. We've spoken to other student leaders and we've heard their perspective of what they think might happen, but it is really up in the air right now and so that's why we kind of jumped on here because um, as an AU student, no matter where you live in the country, and we've heard that we have a student right now in every province and territory. So you're, it's gonna impact you. So if you want to have a say in this um, decision, um, there's actually a survey that's out um, until October 25th. And um, we'll put the link in the description down below. But um, I really encourage every student to go there and um, fill it out and just kind of share your thoughts on what you think post-secondary education should look like, what it should be, and things that are important to you. Because it's not just the structure that's changing. A lot of the questions surround finances. Um, some of it surrounds just um, workplace opportunities, like getting to the, the whole strategy I feel like the government is kind of aiming towards is um, restarting the economy within Alberta. And so um, a lot of the talk is around how do we get post-secondary education to create jobs. And so um, I think it's important that if you have a particular view or opinion that it's reflected in that, because I, I think there's a worry that um, the arts, like you know, people who are in liberal arts degrees, maybe aren't prioritized as much as somebody who's going into engineering or another field. but um, a lot of thought is important and thought is important for innovation. So that that's my kind of long drawn out 
speech on please go to the website and fill out the survey. I agree with you, Stacey. I think everybody's perspective is really important. And um, whatever field you study, um, I think that you need to bring your opinion to the table and express why it's important for society um, to continue to have support for the education that you're seeking. So the results of the survey are going to be sent to Alberta 2030 Guiding Coalition, um, which is creating a guideline or a framework of how uh, the post-secondary system in Alberta might uh, be able to change or grow into the future to meet the goals of the Alberta government. So that's partly to do with the six sector model that I was describing previously, but there's other facets of that as well. Things like student financial aid, awards, um, support for mental health, um, what is considered uh, good university governance is going to probably be a topic, financial viability is a topic, um, and then this report which is being compiled under the, the leadership of the McKinsey Company is going to inform the government's um, decisions moving forward regarding post-secondary in the province. I think something that um, isn't at the top of my mind is just um, ensuring that post-secondary education, I, I wouldn't say remains affordable because it is actually very expensive right now to get a degree as probably every listener here knows, but that post-secondary education is affordable and accessible. Um, I don't want university degrees to become something for the elite. Um, I, I think that it's something that as, a, as somebody who's in Canada, they should have access to and that's why so many students are at AU because you live somewhere that you don't have access to a university. So you're able to get that degree online and it's so important for life outcomes like prospects for career prospects. And um, that's something I wanna make sure that this report preserves is the idea that higher education is important to our society. I agree completely. And um, I don't know, like maybe do you wanna spend some time talking about why university is important to you personally well not just you but us personally <laughs> um, because like I chose to go to a university on purpose I didn't choose to go to a college or a polytechnic not that I think there's anything wrong with a college or polytechnic or the education you get from going through programs in those types of institutions but I specifically chose a research university because that is what I want to do in my life. I want to continue on into grad studies. I want to get exposed to research. I want to understand how that works. And I want to be a part of an environment that is culminating a positive way to engage in research, developing new knowledge, bringing new ideas to our society in order to better everybody's standard of living all around us in our communities. And that is an overarching goal that I have for uh, my education. It's not to me just about getting a job at the end. Um, and I'm not trying to say that that's a better way of going about things, but it's my personal life path that I've decided to go on. And uh, I want to be a member of, of academia and I want to open academia up to people who don't traditionally fit into the mold. Um, I want to open it up to my more diversity of voices. I want things to be more equitable. I want people who come from challenging uh, circumstances to be able to get any kind of education that they want, um, no matter what that may be. So I know I just went on a big uh, rant about, um, you know, university uh, and research universities. Um, but what's your perspective on that, Stacey? No, I agree. Um, 
I actually did go to college um, right out of, not right out of high school, a couple years out of high school. I got a certificate in applied business technology um, and I was able to get work with that. But um, I found that I did hit like a, I did within my career, I hit a wall. Like I couldn't progress any further with the credentials I had. And I think that's something that, um, that, that the government needs to realize and, and when they're drafting this report that perhaps like maybe they don't see the value in a university degree but if you want to get any sort of job nowadays like that is like the bare minimum i feel like university is now the new high school equivalent like you need to be able to check that box off before an employer will look at your resume before you're considered for a promotion before you can kind of have access to um you know fulfill um your purpose within the community which is what higher education does it's about creating good productive citizens that could help move our society forward and I think that within a university um, research university um, that is where innovation happens that's where collaboration and ideas happen and that's where we kind of create those spaces where we can innovate and move forward and I don't want that to be lost and I also don't want those innovations to be um, focused on like one spot or one industry. I think that, um, you know, maybe right now agriculture is where it's at in um, Alberta, but where's it gonna be in, in five to 10 years? What could be in five to 10 years if we don't limit what people's um, choices are within education? And so that's the having a broad and, and open and, and, you know, diverse set of like, programs that you can go to as a student, I think is crucial and important. And um, when it comes to research, I'd love to see more undergrads included in the process. So then they feel confident to go into grad studies. I know that um, it, going to grad studies is, is something that not everybody has the opportunity to do. And, but I think it's important that people aren't limited in their options just based on um, their resources. Like, I went on a big rant as well. So uh, I guess you could tell we're both very passionate about uh, post-secondary education. Which is a good thing, I guess, considering what positions we're in. Right. Uh, yeah. It does dominate our conversations. Yes, exactly. Even when we're not talking about work. But um, you're, you're making me think of interdisciplinary studies and micro-credentialing as well, which I think is it's something that at least both of us pushed for in, in the roundtable discussion we had. Um, we were able to join a discussion with the guiding coalition talking about financial viability. And one of the big um, themes I would say that we've been talking about for the last several months, at least since our term started, is exactly what you just said, how a university degree or diploma or even certificate is now like the new high school diploma. And it becomes more and more valuable when you can increase the cross-disciplinary studies that you are able to attain while you're going through that program. So if you have a degree, and I know like Stacy, this is your example, but I really like it. If you have a degree that you're studying in the arts, um, I'll, maybe I'll take the program that you were in as an example, uh, Bachelor of Arts in Management. Um, I can't remember the full title now. So, but either way, Bachelor of Arts degree with a, a minor in something like computer science, because you ha suddenly have access to so many more opportunities with those extra skills that 
are in our contemporary society becoming more and more important. Things are becoming way less siloed, which is the way they should be in the first place. And I could probably talk about the history of uh, higher education and society and why things are the way they are today. But I think we really need to work towards pushing away from that, that feeling of being siloed and having to do things uh, the way your field has always done them. And we need to start pushing forward into cross-disciplinary territory, more holistic uh, and fulsome ways of thinking about the world and our place in the world and what we can accomplish. And um, really starting to open up individuals to more opportunities in industry uh, with a wider breadth of skills that they can accomplish uh, in their post-secondary journey. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you know, I, I see, I guess I see, like, I worry that there will be a focus on, we're just going to promote certain programs in order to get people back to work. I think everybody probably listening to this knows that Alberta's had a hard time, not just with COVID, but with oil prices dropping. It's really impacted the economy here. Um, so I worry that there will be a focus on, like, just these certain programs we're going to invest in and we're going to silo people into. And, and I think that as the world gets more complex and things like become more interconnected, it's important instead of like limiting these degrees to start expanding them. So if you are in a liberal arts degree, why can't you get like a minor in, a, in tech? Um, I, I think, you know, tech is definitely here to stay. I don't think it's a fad. Um, it's, it's definitely something that a lot of people would probably want to complement their degrees with um, some sort of computer science or data management. But um, I know at AU it's not offered. I don't know if it's offered elsewhere, but it's something that I wish the government would kind of consider when they when they start looking at how can we make post-secondary education more relevant to the current workplace. And so I agree that um, we need to start looking at things differently and um, just exploring options and but not focusing on one outcome and i think that's the key message here is you know we don't know what the world's going to look like in 2030 i don't mm -hmm. think anybody predicted the world was going to look the way it did you know well more than six months ago seven eight months ago you know like the fact that we're here right now doing this remotely i think it just shows that this is not what we thought things are going to be so it's kind of ironic is that the word i'm looking for that you have the government kind of setting the direction for the next 10 years when we don't even know what the next six months are going to look like yeah i agree completely with you i think it's really tough to try and predict what's going to be successful in this landscape so i do think like there are some things you could pull on that you could probably extrapolate that would be good to focus on or invest in right now and I'm thinking of another example you've thought of and you're advocating for, <laughs> which is the co-curricular record. Um, I think along with interdisciplinary studies and micro-credentialing, I think a co-curricular record is a really great way to show employers that those who attend even uh, research universities have job-ready skills that fall outside of research capacities or liberal arts studies or things that involve philosophy and higher thought. There are lots of skills that come along with those critical thinking pathways that we learn. And taking those two things together, all of the skills along with the, the critical thinking and the research methodology and pedagogy and epistemology and all of these things, um, that makes a really well-rounded individual who can really make some um, good strides in terms of economy in the province as well. 
Yeah, I think a, a lot of AU students um, come to AU to increase their life prospects. Um, you know, there's some that are, are planning on going on to um, like, uh, you know, graduate or professional school or maybe even going to the PhD. But I think the underlying motivation is they want to either increase their life prospects or just do better in the world. And this is the first step. And so when it comes to a co-curricular record, I really want AU to adopt one. It's a, a space where they can advertise opportunities on our virtual campus for students to partake in. And um, I know that students are busy, but they also recognize that um, you need to have more than just a degree in order to move forward. Like employers want those leadership skills, those teamwork building skills and, and other soft skills that you get when you work in, in collaborative groups on projects. And that's something that a co-curricular could help facilitate with your faculty, which I think would really help connect students to a, the AU virtual campus more, like to actually get to work and meet and, and work alongside your, your professor, I think is something that is, um, would help mentor so many AU students through, through their um, degree. And, and it's something that I really, really, really hope AU adopts. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about the ILE and, and how once that rolls out, which is the new integrated learning environment that's supposed to roll out in a year and a half, um, that that could facilitate it. But I just hope that the work starts sooner rather than later, just so then students don't have to wait a year and a half. Students can start take, partaking in their digital campus and, and seeing opportunities and being able to get involved now. And, and so um, that's, that's my rant on the, on the co-curricular. <laughs> like, let's, let's have this happen. I know that 80 institutions in Canada now have a co-curricular record and it's becoming something that you could use to, on your resume, but you could also use when you're applying to a graduate program or um, at professional school to show that you didn't just do schoolwork, you did more. And, and I know that we live in a society that's like, capitalistic and like we we have to be productive and then and people want to see that you know you're a fresh graduate with like 10 years of experience which is like this bar that's so hard for us to um to hit these days but so a co-curricular record at least you know you've got something to kind of be like okay i'm filling out my resume what have i done and then you have something to refer back to that will help you in that process to really kind of get that job that you want or that career prospect or that educational opportunity you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great idea. I really, um, I mean, I've been pushing for it even when you're not around. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we see it. Hopefully it does um, happen, but I have high hopes because um, I do see this being um, a really big boon for our students to help uh, gain employment in the fields that they're interested in. I think like another thing that I could think of that directly affects our students at AU um, and something that the, the government really does need to look at when they're doing this report and when they, they, the resulting actions that come from this report is digital infrastructure. Um, so I don't know, do you have any thoughts on digital infrastructure that you want to share? Oh, you know, <laughs> we've been in a few meetings today and it's been very, very leggy. Um, and I, I'm in the city and I have, I pay for good internet. Like I don't joke around with that. So I can only imagine the struggle that people have outside of any sort of major urban center to have the broadband, to be able to do what you need to do. And it's not just about education. Um, 
it's even after you're done getting your degree. Um, the, you know, we don't know how long COVID's going to last. And so a lot of opportunities are either work from home or a hybrid blended model where you're working from home part of the time and then you're in the office the other part of the time. And so I really feel like Alberta, but also Canada needs to like get fiber optic, good quality internet and, or at least good quality like satellite internet. So then people in remote or rural areas can participate in this new and ever-evolving economy that's happening. Especially now that so many people, not just AU students, but all other post-secondary institutions are running some kind of programs online at the moment. Um, high school students, even elementary school students are, are doing school online, and that is taking a huge toll on our infrastructure. And we haven't even talked about the people who live in uh, communities like uh, reservations or northern communities where they don't have uh, steady or um, reliable access to internet or even technology. You know, a lot of people in the past were relying on public uh, computers at the library to do their schoolwork or their exams. And, you know, that that capability is gone uh, just due to COVID. And I, I think, like, that is not going to go away anytime soon. Like, nothing is going to go back to the way it was before the pandemic. Uh, we really need to start thinking about how the future uh, is going to change when we start making these decisions. And I think um, we are in 2020, last time I checked. And uh, a lot of what we do is centered on an online environment, even without going to AU full time. So I really do think that's going to be a huge part of what the government should be looking for um, or looking into to, to incorporating into this new vision of post-secondary uh, as we move forward. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's probably like the telephone. Um, there was a time when the, when the telephone was considered a luxury and not a necessity. And then there was a shift where it was, you needed a home phone to do anything. You, you, you just need a home phone. And um, we've finally gotten to the point where you don't need a home phone. You can, your cell phone is good enough on a form. I, that drove me bonkers for the longest time because I haven't had a home phone in forever. But um, we're at the point now where they recognize cell phones but um, I think there still needs to be that shift when it comes to digital infrastructure, like internet and, and access to a computer. Um, it's still seen, I think, as a luxury. And, um, and you've, maybe you've had to live in a rural area and, and there's this idea like you've made that choice. You're in a remote community. You've got to deal with the internet. And I don't think that's how we should be seeing it. I think that when you provide access to the internet, it really does open up people's opportunities and people's world. And just the fact that you can get a degree online does that. And so um, I think that it's no longer um, a luxury, it's a necessity. And I really want the government to start investing in that. Um, so remote communities, they have the access to the world that they need and they could also stay within their community that's important to them. Agreed. And it's important to the health of the province and the country as well. Um, and I think like that's one step towards making the post-secondary system a little bit more equitable. And that's another thing that we need to address is systemic changes to our post-secondary system so that all have equal opportunity to access skills that will uh, make them ready for the job market, no matter who they are, or what career path they're looking for, or what higher education path that they want to go down. So that's a whole other broad area that I don't think we have time to, to get into, <laughs> but I think the digital infrastructure piece is a big part of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, um, 
a systemic issue has always been there, but usually it takes like a, a pandemic to really expose it. And so the internet problem has always been there. Um, the digital infrastructure issues always been there, at least since probably 2000, it's been something that's been growing. But 20 years later, um, it's really being exposed right now. And it's not just the people who traditionally feel it. It's, it's people who, you know, are post-secondary students and now they're having to take courses at home and they got to share their broadband with, with their three siblings who are doing school at home as well. And it shouldn't be that way. I mean, we're in Canada. It's a pretty good country. Like there should be some investment in infrastructure to make sure that every every student every child has access to an education and um you know i, I think that for the longest time post-secondary education has been considered a, a luxury uh, something for the elite and that's no longer the case because as i said earlier it's now the equivalent of a high school di diploma and if you are from a a, a demographic that um that has to kind of bear that cost. Um, there's also that cost of like trying to access it and, and um, it's, it's something that really needs to get addressed. So go fill out the survey on Alberta 2030. The link is in the description. If you're listening to this via podcast, then you can find the link in the description for the podcast as well. But you can always just Google Alberta 2030 survey and it will pop up. It's one of the first um, entries on Google. Mm -hmm. You have until October 25th to fill it out. Yeah, I was going to say the um, website, it's called Alberta 2030 Building Skills for Jobs. So if you see that, it is about post-secondary education. So please, no matter where you are in the country, and I know somebody listening to this should be from none of it because I hope every single student listens to our podcast. So you and none of it, please go fill it out um, and have your voice heard because I think, you know, there's certain things that no matter where you are in the province, it's going to affect you and that I'm thinking your finances. So really important and your degree. And so please, as Natasha said, go to the link, um, fill out the survey. It takes like five minutes. It's not a long survey. It's just mo most of it's multiple choice. So easy. Um, some of it you can provide your feedback, but um, yeah, that's, I think that's all we really wanted to talk about on today's podcast. Is there anything else we need to touch on? No, I think that's good. I think we could go for hours longer. So um, I, I guess the last thing I would say is that if anybody wants to continue this conversation with us, or if you have any comments or concerns or questions about what we are um, bringing forward to the guiding coalition, uh, who is helping to create the framework that will inform the government going forward about post-secondary, please, please, please reach out to us. Uh, you can email me at president at ausu.org, or you can email Stacy at vpex at ausu.org, and uh, we will get back to you as soon as we can. No, I, I always love and appreciate getting feedback from our members. So we're here advocating on behalf of you. So please reach out and we always love to have those conversations. So um, I guess thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed the conversation and we'll see you next time. All right, bye.